paid for and furnished by its producer, host, and sponsors. And with that, we say it is time for Crossroads of Rockland with your host, Clara Sheridan. Good morning and welcome to Crossroads of Rockland History on WRCR and WRCR.com. I'm Claire Sheridan from the Historical Society of Rockland County. Our topic today is the preservation of the John Greenhouse in Nyack. The Historical Society of Rockland County is a nonprofit educational institution and principal repository for original documents and artifacts relating to Rockland County. Our headquarters are a four-acre site featuring a history museum and the 1832 Jacob Lawveld House located at 20 Zucker Road in New City. It is listed on the National Register of Historic Places and a newly designated New York State Path Through History site. Part of our broad and challenging mission is to share the history of Rockland with the people of Rockland, and we rely on financial support from people just like you. If you're interested in becoming a member of the Society or being a volunteer, please visit our website at rocklandhistory.org. Before we begin our program today, I'd like to remind our listeners that this is a call-in show, and we welcome your phone calls. The phone lines will be open throughout the broadcast, so please call us if you have a comment or a question. We'd love to hear from you. Our number here is 845-362-0013. That's 845-362-0013. We've got a lot of ground to cover today, so we'll jump right in with my first guest, Winston Perry. Thanks for being here, Win. And tell us a bit about your background and how you became involved in the preservation of the John Greenhouse. Well, Claire, uh, I'm an architect, uh, have been for 50 years. Much of my work is involved in historic preservation. I'm a former trustee of the Historical Society of Rockland, and a member of the Rockland Board for Historic Preservation. I'm also president of the Historical Society of the Nyacks, and I'm an official village historian of the village of Upper Nyack. And uh, I guess the answer to your question is that uh, historic preservation gradually went from hobby to profession and back to hobby again when I retired. So this place is deserving of preservation for more than one reason. Uh, The importance of the inhabitant of this place, as well as being architecturally significant. Can you shed some light on this? Uh, Why is John Green important? Well, yes, uh, Claire, and it's certainly hard to tell from looking at the house in its present condition, but it is one of those special places worth saving, uh, primarily because the man who had it built and, and lived there, but also because of his construction, and I'll try to cover a little bit of both. Uh, John Green was one of those rare people who could visualize uh, the future, uh, come up with creative ideas, and actually organize the effort to implement them. Uh, He was one of the founding trustees of the first church in Nyack in 1812, uh, the Methodist Church, uh, which is the building that they built in 1813 is is still there as the referred to as the Old Stone Meeting House in Upper Nyack. Uh, Then, um, uh, going into the 1820s, uh, it was the age when uh, the Erie Canal was built and opened, and other canals were were important in the the, uh, economy of the country, and he wanted Nyack to share in that uh, uh, great enterprise. So he organized an association uh, to build a steamboat to serve uh, 
NIAC and connected with New York City and other places on the Hudson. Uh, the courts had just voided the monopoly of the Fulton enterprise, and the market was open for new enterprises such as, as John Green's. Uh, also, in order to bring merchandise to the uh, landing for the steamboat in Nyack, uh, he helped or organize the effort to create the Nyack Turnpike, which now pretty much uh, uh, replaced by Route 59. And this brought uh, the produce of the iron industry in, in uh, Ramapo Valley uh, to Deepwater Port uh, on the Hudson. He even went out in his rowboat and, and sounded the depth of the river, proving that there is a deep water channel uh, in uh, Tuvadoc in Nyack. And architecturally speaking, tell us why this house is important. Well, the house is uh, um, in the important uh, stone house tradition of, of Rockland County. Uh, when the first uh, settlers uh, began farming the Nyack patent, they saw uh, handy veins of red sandstone right down near the water level, and uh, it became uh, a supplement to their crops uh, to quarry the stone, uh, use it for their homes, and, and ship it to New York City, where it was used in many, many buildings. Um, the early settlers, uh, um, or at least the most prosperous of them, built their homes of this uh, local red sandstone. And uh, in my opinion, it's one of the most wonderful, uh, beautiful stones in the world. It's a uh, uh, warm, rosy color. It's soft, easily worked, and, and it has a, a, um, uh, a warmth and character that uh, is hard to match in any, any other stone. So uh, John Green's house is an unusual example of the Rockland County stone house tradition in that it is two and a half stories high, whereas most of the, the farmhouses were one, one and a half, or maybe two stories high. But this is a house that was intended to to be in a, in a community, in a town, uh, not, not a farmhouse. And uh, it is, is built with local red sandstone, uh, lime mortar, uh, and a, a hewn timber frame for the floors and roof. And uh, these Rockland County stone houses uh, are disappearing fast, and uh, uh, this is uh, an opportunity to uh, preserve one of the most interesting of them. To the untrained eye, um, the value of this place, as you said earlier, may not be readily apparent. In fact, uh, it may look like it's beyond repair. As an architect and architectural historian, uh, what do you look for in places like this, uh, and particularly in the case of the John Greenhouse, that indicates to you that it is a place that can be preserved? Well, it is certainly precarious. Uh, a section of the wall uh, did fall down some 25 years ago and was was patched back in. But uh, I have had a, an, a mason who specializes in uh, sandstone buildings uh, look at it, and he has assured us that, uh, yes, it is still uh, possible uh, to restore it. So in your professional opinion, it, it could be stabilized and brought back, right? Yes. I'm not sure how long that window of opportunity will last, but uh, I think it is, it is clearly still possible. 
you're listening to WRCR and Crossroads of Rockland History. I'm Claire Sheridan from the Historical Society of Rockland County, and today's topic is the preservation of the John Greenhouse in Nyack. I've been speaking with Winston Perry, and again, if you have comments or questions, please feel free to call. Uh, and our number here is 3620013. That's 845-362-0013. So this leads us to the next part of our program today, which is the current effort among a grassroots organization called the John Green Preservation Coalition. Uh, representing this group is its president, Rick Tannenbaum. Thanks for being on the program, Rick. Thank you for having me, Claire. So tell us a bit about your background and how you became involved in the preservation effort of the John Green House. Well, my background is mostly in law, and earlier this year, I accompanied my wife, Tina Traster, on a photo shoot for a house down in Orangetown, called uh, the Abram Lent House, and uh, I was engaged at that level to find a legal solution to the fact that a demolition permit had been issued for that house. Uh, you know, several weeks and months had gone by, there was some negotiations going on, and the developer there demolished the house over uh, Passover on Easter Sunday weekend. It became apparent at that point to me that, that government alone didn't have a sufficient interest in historic preservation at least down in, in Orangetown and, and uh, around Orangetown. So I attended a meeting. I was, uh, was in South Nyack, and um, a group of about 30 people had, had met to figure out what to do uh, with the John Greenhouse before something terrible happened there as well. So can you tell us uh, where the John Green Preservation Coalition stands today in the timeline of preservation of this important place? Sure, of course, Claire. Um, we, are, we formed a New York not-for-profit corporation in the beginning of June of this year, and it's called the John Green Preservation Coalition Incorporated. Uh, we obtained our 501c3 uh, tax-exempt status, which enables us to uh, raise money and offer um, tax, tax uh, don uh, to accept donations for, um, for the project. Um, we have been negotiating now for... Uh, several months with the owner of the property. The original owner had, had lost the property in foreclosure, and rather than go through the foreclosure procedure, she had offered a deed in lieu of foreclosure to the bank. The bank has a servicing agent, and we've been working closely with the servicing agent to secure a donation of the house, and they're advancing our cause. And we're waiting now for a final approval from the bank itself to complete the donation and enable us to take ownership. So how is your organization structured, and what are the key needs right now? We are a volunteer organization. We are a 10-member uh, board of directors. We have historians. We have uh, several attorneys. We have building contractors. We have educators. We have um, a journalist and, and filmmaker. We have a, a wide variety of talent has, has come to this effort, uh, and we're using all of the different skills of the entire group to to move things forward. Um, the key need right now uh, will, as, as Wynn was saying, is, is we're going to need to raise money to stabilize the property. The village of Nyack declared the structure to be unsafe under its village code some time ago. It has boarded up and fenced off access and will not allow anybody, the owner or anybody else, to go in the house without uh, the village supervising. At some point, we're, we're hoping very soon when we take ownership of the property, that we will be able to enter it and create a stabilization plan. Stabilization costs money, 
and we'll need some funds and some professional efforts to to stabilize the building so that we can move forward with a long-term vision for it and how about the local government um have has the village of nyack been involved and what what will their role be well it's more than just the village of nyack uh, we've had assistance from andy stewart down in orangetown we've had assistance from david carlucci uh, we've had assistance from jen laird white at the village of nyack we've had the help of nita lowey we've had the help of kirsten gillibrand uh, public officials have really come together to help us secure the donation of the house and we're working very very closely with the village of nyack both the mayor and the village attorney, uh, Walter Sebastian, to, to do whatever it needs to do to get the access that we need to secure the house. Um, the, you know, we're hoping in the future to partner with the village of Nyack in a long-term vision for the house itself. And uh, you know, the plan right now, as it stands, is to, is to use the house to explore the history of Nyack from, from its inception through John Green's tenure through slavery and the Underground Railroad, through the o- opening of the original Tappan Zee Bridge, and we're hoping to time the reopening of the John Greenhouse to the reopening of the new Tappan Zee Bridge. So we're very excited about using it as a community-based uh, center, similar to the Edward Hopper House. We hope to hold events there. We hope to you know, have public space. We hope to use that wonderful garden in the back. And uh, you know, the, the plans are still in formation, but we're all feeling very positive about it. So, how would you describe um, what the house could be for Nyack and Rockland County? I think it could be. I think it could be the anchor of a historic district down in Nyack. I think that there are so many uh, wonderful historic properties in Nyack, and right now they're all unprotected. They're um, they're basically vulnerable to demolition, to uh, to to any efforts to alter them. There's no protection in Nyack at all for for any properties unless they're, you know, unless they're somebody steps up to, to take that to make protection for them, basically through either facade easements or through historic districts. So I think that what the John Greenhouse can do is is it could begin the effort to create a historic district in Nyack. So if listeners want to get involved in your efforts, how do they find you? Well, we have a website. Our, our website is the johngreencoalition.org. By email, you could reach us at johngreenhouse at outlook.com. Uh, we have on the website, we have um, links for support donate. And uh, through there, you could make a donation either to our, either check to our P.O. box or through Visa, MasterCard, American Express, or PayPal. And all the donations are tax exempt. And also, um just to get the word out uh, about your group and so forth, that, that would be helpful too, right? We've held, we've held several um, meetings. We had a town meeting recently at the library in Nyack, and we're planning to, to take our show and to bring it to other groups, anybody who's interested in the Chambers of Commerce, uh, town meetings. We've been using um, a PowerPoint demonstration and a, and a, a, f- a short video to, to say what we're about, to show our cause, and to um, show what the property can be. That's great. Um, the larger story of historic preservation in our county has been in the headlines recently due to some or- unfortunate outcomes, including Teabury Port in West Nyack and the Abram Lent House, which Rick mentioned in Orangeburg. There's little doubt that these events have brought more attention to this house, the John Green House, and others that are being preserved right now. And this brings us to our third guest, Tina Traster. Tina, tell us, uh, tell us about what you're working on and how the J- John Green House is being featured. 
Okay, um, I have created a five-minute trailer called This House Matters, and it is uh, being used to promote the production of a 30-minute documentary of the same name, This House Matters. There are several uh, properties that are significant in their architecture um, and in their place in Rockland history, and they, are, they range anywhere from having been demolished to being threatened to being in jeopardy to just plain not being uh, used to their potential. And I see these various houses not individually but as a cohesive story uh, in terms of, of what we are neglecting and uh, what needs to change. And... Uh, why do you think a film is the best way to tell the story for the need for historic preservation of important structures in Rockland? Well, film is visceral. It, it crosses demographics. It speaks to all of us. We can see these houses, but more than see the houses, because houses are static, non-living things, I think equally important is to, as I'm doing in the film, is to weave the story of the activists and the citizenry and people who um, are ancestrally related to the houses, um, as well as uh, government officials and preservationists and historians, all the people who come together to try to make change, they are the real story. And, and this isn't your first film, right? No, I, I previously did a film that is a companion to my uh, book, my memoir, called Rescuing Julia Twice, and that's another short film that I've completed. So tell us where you are in, in, the John, in the historic preservation project. Well, I'm continuously gathering information as, as several of the stories literally unfold in real time. Uh, certainly, I'm involved in the John Green effort to try to get that house donated and to give it a future. I have been involved in Clarkstown on the Traphagen Vision uh, property and am... Uh, watching with some dismay what is happening with the uh, Vanderbilt Butkey house, uh, likewise documenting the Seth house, which has been preserved, um, and as even the Cropsey barn, that there's, there's trouble around that, that structure too. So I'm really documenting in real time, but I do hope to have this thing, this film completed, I would say, within about six months, uh, and much of that, just like everything else, depends on funding. Um, I'm running an Indiegogo campaign, which is on for another couple of weeks, uh, but at any point, um, I will be able to accept donations for, to make this film happen. And so it, uh, we do have a caller. Caller, you're on the air. Thanks for calling. Yeah. Uh, this is Bonnie. Uh, I live in Pearl River, and uh, uh, you, I read your article yesterday in, in the paper, and I was very interested to be in touch with you. Um, it didn't give your phone number, but um, I spent three years trying to save the Sharpless House, which was uh, built in 1734, and before it was dismantled, um, we have I have a whole video of inside of the house and everything which I think would be interested you might be interested in for your documentary yes definitely Please. and that would be in Pearl River if you uh, on Orangeburg Road I'll get you a phone number after the show okay very good I'll um, Steve knows who I am he's the engineer so uh, give me a should I give you my name number now sure my number is seven three five three four three two 
Thank you. Thanks a lot, Bonnie, for calling. Appreciate it. Good luck. Okay, thanks. And we have another call. No, we no no we do not have another caller. Okay, so, um, so if our listeners want to learn about how they can help you put this film together, how does one do that? Um, well, they can go to uh, www.thishousematters.com. They can go to the Indiegogo uh, campaign, and they can make a donation. Uh, they can. Um, contact me. My email is ttraster at aol.com. It's all over the internet. It's easy to find me. Um, and I'm happy to sit with anybody to gather their archival information, to hear their stories. Uh, there's always opportunity for me to broaden the, the, the uh, material for the documentary. So as the uh, John Greenhouse preservation moves forward, um, will you be documenting that as part of this project? Absolutely. I'm, as I say, I'm really um, on top of all of the narratives that are currently going on. Uh, even s- the Lent House, we have a, a plaque that's going to be erected. Uh, the John Greenhouse is an ongoing story, and I've been there every step of the way I continue to be. And the same with the Clarkstown story. Um, I have inserted myself in all of these issues. I know what is going on, and I intend to bring this information to the public, and I'm hoping that we can stimulate more interest and and that we don't end up in a situation where people only come to know the Lent House after it's been demolished. Um, Rick, could you tell us a little bit about um, the location of the John Greenhouse? Where is it, and, um, and the impact that it could have because of where it is located? The address of the of the John Greenhouse is 23 Main Street in Nyack. It's a few houses down from the the waterfront and a few houses down from the public access path by the condominiums on the waterfront. It's in the the business district itself. It's a mixed use zoning, and um, it also sits across from the um, the brownfields that have been on uh, Gedney for uh, the last 40 years or so. And there's a development project that might be pending there, which could help immensely uh, to bring traffic down in that area and to enable the house to be a better part of the community. So it's, it's, a, it's, it's, it's a wonderful location. And there are views of the water from the John Greenhouse. And there's, um, there's, there's walking opportunities. There's uh, access in the, in the backyard for events. It, it's, a, it's a terrific location right in the heart of Nyack. And I, I know that um, the River Villages are certainly a place where people come from all over, from New York City, I mean, certainly the, the whole cycling community. People are coming from all over to these River Villages. And wouldn't it be nice for there to be some sort of uh, permanent welcome center if you will, um, that sort of does tell the story of Nyack, and that, and you know, tell that, us a little bit about that. That that is part of our plan, and we've been talking with the village itself for how to incorporate this this welcome center. You know, as I was saying before, part of the timing would be to open the welcome center with the reopening of the Tappan Zee Bridge, and to try and take advantage of all the publicity and all of the goodwill that comes with that opening. Right now in Nyack, uh, there is you know a small booth on Main Street that that has some flyers for some, uh, you know, some events going on or some things going on. But there really is no actual welcome center in Nyack, and this would be a wonderful opportunity to, to share 
the space and participate with the village and engage the village in, in utilizing it. Sure. I mean, you could en envision walking tours setting off from there, um, you know. Well, about a, about a month ago, we had hung a banner on the house from the National um, Historic Preservation, uh, a, a This Place Matters banner, and we put a, a small mailbox with flyers next to the banner, and we've had over 300 uh, flyers taken from the box since we set it up. So we know that there's interest in the house. We know that there's interest in the use of the house. And it would be such a wonderful thing for Nyack and for the community to have that house come back into use. Well, you know, I wish uh, all the good luck on this. Uh, certainly I am, anybody who knows me knows I am uh, a historic preservationist at heart. And um, so I'm all in favor of m you know, making sure that this happens too. So um, again, I, I want to thank our guests today, Winston Perry, uh, Rick Tannenbaum and Tina Traster. Thank you for coming to discuss historic preservation and in particular the John Greenhouse. Uh, again, uh, you can look into these uh, projects at johngreencoalition.org. Uh, that's how you reach out to the John Green Coalition. You can find the information about the film at www.thishousematters.com. And keep in mind that all the information that we discussed today and uh, the contact information for our guests, as well as a recording of this broadcast, will be available at rocklandhistory.org. I hope you will tune in to the next Crossroads of Rockland History on Monday, September 21st, after the Stephen Meredith Show at 10.10 a.m. Uh, we'll learn about the exhibition currently on view at the Orangetown Historical Museum and Archives, entitled From Holland to Here, which features the incomparable collection of Dutch paintings, furniture, and decorative objects of George Way. Please visit the Historical Society of Rockland County's website to find out about all of our wonderful events and programs on tap, including our next event in our golden anniversary schedule, which is called Rock and Roll Never Forgets with Dennis Elsis. That'll be on October 3rd. Our web address is rocklandhistory.org, and of course you can call us at 845-634-9629. That's rocklandhistory.org, or 634-9629. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and now you can find us on Tumblr, as Crossroads of Rockland History has a blog. And don't forget that many of our broadcasts are archived at rocklandhistory.org. Just go to our landing page and type radio programs in the search box. I'm Claire Sheridan. Thanks for listening to Crossroads of Rockland History on WRCR and WRCR.com. Two degrees already headed for 95 this afternoon here in Rockland County. Complete forecast follows world and national and then local news starting at the top of the hour here on WRCO.